You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, tonight's the night we take on UConn in the Elite Eight. And I haven't bought you an individual recap of the uh, Notre Dame game nor a preview of Connecticut of the UConn game yet. So we're going to do that today. Now, here's the thing, okay? This These games have been just amazing primetime TV. They've been great to watch. They've been fun to watch. They've been all the things. Uh, but I didn't get into and, and fully break down you know, why this this game against Notre Dame was so good and, and why, again, this to me was just an all-time play by Rena Perez. But beyond that, this was an all-time game in, in NC State lore. So first thing first, this was a game in which even, even though we ended the first quarter leading, okay, we ended the first quarter, we did a, a really fantastic job of stifling Notre Dame of leading them to taking some really bad shots in the first quarter. All right, so that's the first thing that really got us into, uh, that put us in a good position to win, rather. Because reminder now, we are undefeated when leading top 25 teams at the end of the first quarter. Have not lost a single game. And I know everybody likes to talk about, oh, we can come back well and we can come back a lot. We can come back against bad teams a lot. We can come back against bad teams well. Or not even bad. We can come back against... Um, pretty good on the brink of being really good teams. Well, when it comes to the really good programs in the country, though, it's not a good idea. It's never a good idea to spot your opponent points. That's just not smart. It's just not smart. Okay? So, we start off the first quarter stifling them offensively, and then the second quarter hits. Okay? And when I talk about the second quarter, I mean, it was it was rough. It was really, really, really rough. Like if we're looking at what if we're looking at what uh, Notre Dame did in that second quarter, they had to go. I want to say like nine for three. Let me let me make sure I got this correct here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, they went. I'm sorry, they went nine of twelve. Nine of twelve in that quarter. So they missed three shots. But they start the the three shots they missed were the last three of the quarter. Or, no, 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 they start off the quarter eight for eight. But either way, this game was one where, even if we're talking about what happened in that second quarter, we were put at a disadvantage because Olivia Miles went absolutely ballistic. She could not be stopped. And, you know, you, you live with that. You deal with that. Sure, fine, whatever. But the fact of the matter is we couldn't do anything with them for those first couple of quarters. Or for that second quarter. And that's what really put us in a, a pretty bad hole there. I mean, at the end of the day, this that 38-30 to 30 deficit wasn't something that we couldn't come back from, obviously. But it was not ideal. You do not want to go into halftime uh, come and come out that way. And then you think to yourself, all right, we need one of those big third quarters that we typically get. You're saying, hey... We need to get one of these really big third quarters. It didn't happen. We won the third quarter, 15-16, but that still left us at a seven-point uh, disadvantage. So in the fourth quarter, the biggest adjustment that happened 
is Wes Moore said, you know what, darn the torpedoes. We need our best defender on their best score. And in this game, no player from either team scored more than Olivia Miles. Olivia Miles, like I said, in that second quarter, that's where she really took off and dominated. She had 21.6 assists, six rebounds, but she also had four turnovers. And she had 15 of her points in the first half. So the adjustment for the second half was obviously putting Kai Crutchfield on Olivia Miles. And that definitely, it, it was a big difference. It was a very big difference in their offense. First half, they put up 38 points. Second half, they put up 25. First half, 15 points for Miles. Second half, six. That was the difference. And in these third and fourth quarters, we kept getting it close, getting it close, getting it close, and then they retake the lead. We stormed back, cut the lead to two, cut the lead to four, and then they'd extend it back out. And so this game at points was looking like, man, this is tough. What are we going to do here? This is like what what's happening? And so we get down to the last possession here. And on the dead last possession, offensive possession, or I'm sorry, second to last offensive possession on the game, um, Raina Perez is, is playing defense. And this is this is what I say when I say that this team, or this is what it looks like when a moment doesn't get too big for players. Because, and this is all, with all due respect to Diamond Johnson, she's a baller. She's a bona fide stud. This is no no way of saying she's a terrible player or anything like that. At points in this game, the moment looked like it got too big for her. She looked like she was nervous. She was jittery. She was struggling to, to handle the ball at the most basic level. But when I talk about Reyna Perez not letting this moment get too big for her, we're down 63, six, we're down 62-63 with uh with 24 seconds left, they or 25 seconds left. They inbound the ball. We trap. They got it. They got it in. They get it to Olivia Miles. Olivia Miles gets it to uh, number one from them. And she attempts a spin at about 19 seconds. Reyna Perez has the wherewithal to get the steal in that moment. I mean, there is no bigger, literally no bigger moment then that steal in that moment, and Raina Perez sprints up court, lays it up, and that is the the deciding factor in the ball game. Now, granted, out of that play, Notre Dame drew up a a really really good a really really good play that got uh, Maddie Westbelt open for a a an uncontested look from three. She was their second leading scorer in the game, the only player outside of Olivia Miles for Notre Dame who was in double digits. Um, and she just missed. She had a, an, an open shot, but she missed. But that is the beauty of what I say as far as like, this is this is what championship teams do. Because at the end of the day, again, I've talked time and time again about you cannot take away everything from your opponent. You flatly cannot. And so what gives you what what is the moment where you're like, all right, this is where we this is where we give up this and trust that they'll miss. That was the moment. And then who comes up with the rebound other than Raina Perez? And she goes and knocks down two free throws as well. And they don't get off their final shot. Uh, so that that was how we won the game. But the players who held it down and held us together through this entire thing. 
Alyssa Kunane did a great job of not following double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 5 of 10 from the field, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. Um, Kai Crutchfield was also huge. She had multiple defensive stops. And like I said, putting her on Olivia Miles is what won this game. Yes, Rana Perez's steal was huge. But Olivia Miles could not be stopped. We had nothing for her until the moment that we said, you know what? Kai Crutchfield's got to check her. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I know what you're thinking as far as, well, you know, if Kai Crutchfield didn't lead in, in a bunch of different categories, how was she? She was tied with Rana Perez for the leading steals um, with four here. And five of ten from the field, 14 points on the game. I mean, she she did her thing. She did everything that you could have asked of her, plus um, she did it offensively. She did it defensively. She did it. And, of course, like I always talk about with this team, it's the balance. It's the everybody showing up a little bit. Ja'Kia Brown-Turner struggled from the field a bit, going 4 of 11, uh, 0-3 from deep. And I already talked about Diamond Johnson. Raina Perez also had similar struggles from the field, but it was overshadowed by the last second steal. And, again, to say that Diamond Johnson, if you ask me what's the difference between Diamond Johnson and Raina Perez's games outside of the steal, it was very simply that Raina Perez didn't really, like her shots were not falling, but it didn't look like she just was really uncomfortable out there. It didn't. I'm sorry to say, but it, it didn't. It looked like one of those games where, hey, her shot's not falling, but she's finding other ways to contribute. Defensively, I mean, hey, it, it was a, a tough out uh, for her to try to check Olivia Miles. It was a tough out for everybody not named Kai Crutchfield trying to check Olivia Miles, but that's just the way that the cookie crumbles sometimes. So, you know, the, the starters did most of the damage in this game of NC State 66 points. The starters put in 53 of them, but this just goes to show again, even in the little bit, even when our bench is struggling or even when they're not playing extremely well, Jada Boyd put up eight points on four of six shooting and Diamond Johnson put up five points on two and nine shooting. Even with that being said, we still outscored their bench six, 15, or I'm sorry, 13 to 6. That is what people talk about when they talk about the depth of this team, when they talk about uh, the balance of this team. That's what people are talking about. And so I'm going to talk about uh, the, the Elite Eight matchup coming up in just a second here. But man, I love, love, love a buzzer beater. Love a game winner like what Randy Perez hit. The drama of it all, but the pain when you're on the other side of it. And that's what happened in a few games. And, and like I said, Raina Perez, they, let's thank God for old babyface Ray because she made it happen in this game. And if you want to make it happen, go to Stat Hero and go to their NCAA single game pick em, which pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. The fact of the matter is, Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going to be up against. In addition to their pick'em games, Stat Hero has dozens of lineups you can comb through and take on head to head. They simply post sets of players you to, for you to take on with a set of players you choose. 
Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports fix action. So, sign up free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. Terms and conditions do apply. So, in going up against this UConn team, in going up against a team that, um, I mean, let's just be honest here. There is no, there is no uh, way around it. This has been, again, not just the perennial dominant force in women's basketball. There has not been a force in all of sports in the last 20, 25 years that have been this dominant. There hasn't been. If anybody can point me to the direction of one, please do. Please do. But if we're talking just the the facts of the matter and who they are and, and what they've done, I mean, you you go back to when the last time they didn't uh, win a, a conference championship as far as regular season, and you'd have to go all the way back to, I want to say, like uh, 20, 20, what, what would that be? Uh, 2013, it looks like. Yeah, you'd have to go back to 2013. And even then, I mean, it, they've got a ton other than that. If you look at the conference tournament championships, they've got a ton of those as well. Uh, if you go to NCAA tournament appearances, again, you name it, they've, they've done it all. And the most, the, the most damning part of the whole thing is this team has made it to the final four every single year since 2007. That was the last time they didn't make the final four. Every year since then, final four, national champs, national champs, final four, final four, national champs, national champs, national champs, national champs, final four, final four, final four. The tournament was canceled, final four last year. So, again, this is not... To say that this is not one of the, the, or the greatest, the outright greatest team in all of sports, I mean, I would, I would very simply ask based on what? Since 93, since before I was born, they have not finished worse than the Sweet 16. There has not been a single team in any sport, in any sport period that you can trace back to 93 or any major American sport at least that you can trace back to 93 and in nearly 30 years they have not finished outside of the best 16 teams like that's that is absolutely absurd so what do we do what does this NC State team do uh to to level the playing field or to to make this game uh to win this game in essence right the first thing is very simple do not let the enormity of UConn lore distract you from the reality of UConn. This is a very good UConn team. I'm not about to sit up. I'm not about to sit up here and tell you, oh, these are they're a bunch of chumps and they only look good because they're playing against bad teams. Listen, that'd be a lie. That'd be a lie that nobody needs to hear. But with that being said, the reality of this game is this this UConn team is not one of those teams, UConn teams that has run the table, dominating everybody, winning every game by 30. So don't 
don't play like they are. Don't play afraid and believe that, you know, they're one, excuse me, they're one of those teams that is is there's nothing you can do with and it's just their year and you got to live with that. This team is good, but they've shown chinks in the armor. They've shown that you can you can do some stuff with them. They've shown that you can uh, effectively get their bigs in foul trouble. They've shown that they have problems putting the ball, filling the hole up sometimes. They have problems scoring at times. So we need to take advantage of that. We need to take advantage of that. And again, the first way is do not get the, the lure to scare you away from the reality. The next part, Alyssa Cunane has to be the best big on the floor. I've said this time and time again, and all the games that we've lost this year, all the games that we have struggled in this year, she either was not the best big on the floor or she was not on the floor for uh, a good chunk of the game because of foul trouble and whatnot. And that's just the reality. Let If we go back to the first time we played Notre Dame, right? Alyssa Cunane put up 13 points and 13 points and seven rebounds only played 22 minutes because she had four fouls. Maya Dotson put up 20 that game. 20 and 10. That was the best big on the floor that game. I don't think anybody can argue against me there. I don't think anybody has a case to say, oh, well, there's there was something uh, else going on at play there. If we go back to the Georgia game, Alyssa Gunane put up 20 and 5 on uh, 20 and 5 on 8 of 14 shooting. Jenna Stady put up 21, 11, and 6 blocks. I'm, I'm not lying to you. If I'm lying, I'm flying. When Alyssa Kunane is the best big on the floor, when she makes it her business to absolutely dominate, to say, you know what? There is nothing anybody can do with me. I am going to be the baddest player on this floor by a mile. It's clear. It's clear. Nobody has anything for her. The first game of the year, she put up eight points on four of 11 shooting. Um, and that's that eight points, four of 11 shooting, three rebounds. You can't tell me against South Carolina you're expecting that to be enough. But even then, Aaliyah Boston, 8.6 rebounds, five blocks. Am I? Are we noticing a pattern here? If Alyssa is the best big on the court, it will be a beautiful night for Wolfpack Nation. It will be the year for Wolfpack Nation. It will be it. That is the common denominator in every loss. She was outperformed by a big from the other team every single loss. I say it like this. There are great players, or let me just break it down even, even simpler. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations. This is the biggest-time situation that NC State has seen in nearly three decades. That's just the truth. It's just the truth. How big of a player is she going to show up as tonight? And now, speaking of, that's going to go to my last point here. The sixth player of the year in the ACC, Diamond Johnson has got to make it happen. She has got to make, be another. She's another one that if you trace our losses, generally it, cor, it cor, cor, coincides or correlates. Yes, it coincides with her struggles. 
The game against South Carolina, four points, two of 12 shooting, one assist, two turnovers. I mean, if I'm lying, I'm flying here. If I'm lying, I'm flying. Against Georgia, she had a better game, 17 on 7 to 12, 3 to 3 from 3, uh, but one assist, four turnovers. If I'm lying, I'm flying. The first time we played Notre Dame, 16 points on 6 of 23 shooting, 1 of 10 from deep. If I'm lying to you, if I'm lying to you, I'm flying. But the reality is, those two are going to be the players that make this thing happen. They're going to be the players that are, are, if this moment is too big, if this moment is too big for them, we're in a world of trouble. Again, Diamond Johnson is more understandable because she's young, hasn't played a ton of big-time ball. Alyssa Kunane, this is it. This is it. If you're going to show out, if you're going to show why you need to be better than the number five ranked prospect in the WNBA drive, if you're going to show, it's time to go legend, baby. It's time to go legend. It's time to show up and do what people think is the unthinkable as far as women's basketball goes, and that's knock UConn out. Again, this UConn team has shown themselves to be human. They've shown themselves to be human. And it's time. It's time. It's time to finish them. It's time. Yes, it's a hostile environment. Yes, it's a road game. Sure. Sure. Let's let's just call it what it is. It's a road game. Yes, this is coming after. We've already had two back-to-back, um, two back-to-back rematches. Sure. Sure. Doesn't matter. It's time now. It's time to go finish now. So that's that's just what this has to be. I'm betting on the Wolfpack to get it done, and I'm going to give you my official prediction right after this. But if you're a better, go to betonline.net. After, month of, after months of playing college, basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and for the women's side. Um, the Elite Eight is being sorted out tonight, and that will determine this year's national champions in these coming weeks. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs. BetOnline includes live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website to find out more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we're about to land this thing. But what is my official prediction for this game? I've got NC State winning an extremely close one. 62 to 58. I think that Alyssa Kunane understands that this game is not one that NC State wins if she is blah or if she is meh. This is a game that is going to demand greatness of her. It is going to demand her rise to a certain level, and I think that she has that level in her. It's going to demand that this team uh, shoot the ball fairly well, and I think that this team has it in them. It's going to demand that Diamond Johnson learn from the mistakes of last game and come out a little more poised, come out a little bit more ready, and I think she's got it in her. I think that Kai Crutchfield's got it in her, 
to not stop Paige Beckers because I don't think that you can ever stop her, but contain her. I think she's got it under the container. I think she's got it under that. Actually, you know what? Let me take that back. I think I think um, Kai does have it in to stop her. I'm sorry, but I've seen players who have put up absolutely amazing numbers this year uh, look very average against Kai, and I think that this is another one of those matchups. So, again, I got the Wolfpack winning the close one, 62-58. We're going to see if I was right or how close it is. Thank y'all so very much for coming out, Wolfpack Nation. I appreciate y'all every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.